Praise the Lord. Title this morning, Horses and Chariots of Fire. I want to refer first to a verse in 2 Kings chapter 6 and then pick up the passage. 2 Kings 6 and verse 17. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Open his eyes that he may see. The Lord opened the eyes of the young man. He saw the mountain full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Round about Elisha. We'll pick up the passage, 2 Kings 6, verses 8 to 17. Now the king of Syria was making war against the people of God, against Israel. And he consulted with his servants, saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, warned him, and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing, and he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So the king of Syria said, Go and see where Elisha is, that I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, Surely he is in Dothan. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to Elisha, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray you, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. How many want your eyes open this morning? Let's ask God to give us understanding by the Holy Spirit as this word is ministered in the house today. Let's go back to verses 8 to 10. I'm going to comment down through the passage Verses 8 to 10, now the king of Syria was making war against Israel, and he consulted with his servants, saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful there, not just once or twice, a number of times, many times. The king of Syria warred against Israel, the people of God. All of us understand that we are in a war. No man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life. 
We want to be first-class soldiers of Jesus Christ. We're in a war. We're in a spiritual battle. The Bible says that our adversary, the devil, goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And we must resist him steadfast in the faith. We war against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness, the Bible says. We have an enemy, just like this king of Assyria against Israel, who plots and plans our destruction. He sets counsel. He says, in such and such a camp, or such a place will my camp be. The enemy has done his surveillance. He knew the pathways that this king of Israel moved down as he frequented travels in the land. He said, I know where that king goes. I know where he passes through when he travels. And the enemy knows our common pathways. He doesn't set up somewhere foreign to us, another nation of the world. That would have no effect on us. The enemy knows where we walk. He knows our vocation. He knows our homes. He knows the places of business that we frequent and go to. The enemy knows our goings and our comings. And he says, in such and such a place, I will put my camp there. Now, Elisha sent to the king of Israel and said, beware that you do not pass that place. Beware that you do not pass that place. How many are thankful today for divine warning? How many are thankful for a preacher, a man of God? How many are thankful for a praying father or mother? How many are thankful for a youth leader that sets out warning and says, do not pass that place? There's danger there. The enemy is lurking there. The enemy has set up an ambush in such and such a place. Thank God for warning. Now, Elisha warned the king of Israel. But the Bible says that the king of Israel, with this warning, despite the warning, it says that he sent to the place of which the man had God, of God had told him. He, the king of Israel sent spies, some messengers, to peer over the hill to see if what the man of God had told him was true. Question. Why would the king of Israel send spies to peer over the hill? Why didn't he just believe the word of Elisha? Why didn't he just believe the word of God? Well, like the king of Israel, sometimes we may not be inclined to believe the warning. Sometimes son or daughter isn't necessarily wanting to believe the warning of a praying father or mother. Sometimes people are in the house of God and they don't take the warning of the word of God or of the preacher. Well, then go check it out for yourself. Go see what kind of mischief awaits those that fall into enemy hands, into his trap. Go and see the plot. Go and see the design of the enemy against your life, what he'd like to do, the ruin, the destruction the heartache he'd like to bring. Go and see it for yourself. Go and look at the ruin of those that have fallen into enemy hands, the regret, the loss. You can look around this world. 
You, can, you don't even hardly have to open your eyes and you see the loss, the brokenness, the ruin of those who fall into temptation and into the ambush of the enemy. And you can go to the Word of God and you can read of those that served the Lord and were blessed and prospered and you can see the retribution upon those who chose their own way, became rebellious, hard-hearted, rejected the commandments of the Lord. I mean, you can start right at the beginning of the book, page 3. The temptation to eat of the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden. God said, no. In the day you eat of it, you will surely die. The serpent the devil said, yea, has God said? Don't be so serious. The restrictions of God are too severe. You can dabble in sin and world's ways, and it won't really hurt you. But we all know the awful consequence of that decision by our first parents. Do you know how privileged you are to have the knowledge of God? The knowledge of sin? The knowledge of enemy plotting against your life? Do you know how privileged we are to be warned of sin? To be warned of the consequences of our own way, of the flesh life, of the manner and the lifestyle of this world? We've been warned of God. How, how privileged we are. How privileged you are today to have godly parents, a praying father and mother. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. The warning that spiritual parents put into their children against the enemy, making them keenly aware of the spiritual warfare, of the mischief, of the plotting, of the wiles of the enemy against their life. Thank God this morning how privileged we are to have the Word of God in our hands. The Bible says in Psalm 17 and verse 4, By the word of your lips I have kept away from the paths of the destroyer. By the word of your lips I have kept away from the paths of the destroyer. The word of God, the law of God is in our hands. The Bible says by the law of God, the principles of God, by the word of God comes the knowledge of sin. Romans 3.20, by the law is the knowledge of sin. And this law is there to warn us against sin, against our own way. For the wages of sin is death, and the way of the transgressor is hard. And God would spare us, God would rescue us, God would protect us from the wiles of the devil, from the schemes of the devil. Psalm 19, verses 7 to 11, says the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. 
the judgments or the spiritual principles of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. The law of the Lord is perfect. In keeping of them there is great reward. The Bible says, Flee youthful lusts, flee immorality. The Bible says thou shalt not commit adultery. The Bible says thou shalt not steal. The Bible says thou shalt not bear false witness, that is, you shall not lie. The Bible says remember the Sabbath day, the rest day. In the Old Testament, it was Saturday. In the New Testament, in honor of the resurrection of Christ, it's Sunday. Remember the rest day, that it may be well with you, that you may live long on the earth that you may prosper, that you may live under the blessing of the Lord. The law, the, law, the law of God is good. The commandments of the Lord. The Bible enjoins that we must obey the commandments of Jesus Christ and the word of the apostles. The law of the Lord is good. The commandments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. This law of God, contained essentially in the Ten Commandments, the Bible says this law that was given, this pure and holy commandment of the Lord, it was so glorious that the ministration of it on Mount Sinai, the Bible says that Moses' face shone for the rest of his life as that law of the Lord. The law of the Lord is clean. The commandments of the Lord are pure. The statutes of the Lord are right. Moses up on the mountain. The glory of God fell upon him and his face shone the rest of his life. Thank God for the word of God. Thank God for warning today. Thank the Lord for the counsel of the Lord, that we have the wisdom of God and the understanding of God in our lives and in our hearts. Verse 11, 2 Kings 6. Let's take warning today. Surrender to the word of God, surrender to our parents, to honor, to righteousness, to safety, to blessing. By them your servant is warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. How about the ultimate warning? As John the Baptist said, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Who's warned you to flee from judgment day, hellfire, a Christless eternity, a preacher, a Sunday school teacher, a praying father and mother? 2 Kings 6, 11. <clears throat> Warning by Elisha to the people of God. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? Say, yeah, devil. We have a source of information you know nothing about. We do have a divine warning system. We do have a communication from heaven by the Holy Spirit, and God tells us what to stay away from and who to stay away from. 
So we're protected, and we're blessed, and we're kept strong. One of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king the words that you speak in your bedroom. Verse 13. So he said, Go and see where he is, that I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, Surely he is in Dothan. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. The enemy increased his attack. He stepped up his intent against Elisha, against the word of the Lord, against God's direction and God's communication. The king of Syria said, Let's take out the prophet. Let's take out the preacher. Let's shut down the pulpit. Let's close the churches. Let's stop the singing. Let's silence the voice of the saints. Let's compass Dothan. Dothan was a place known for rich pastures where they took the flocks and they were shepherded and guided and fed and blessed the flocks of God. Let's, let's compass the churches. So he came. So he came. He sent horses and chariots and a great army. They came to, by night to Dothan and surrounded the city. That's when the enemy comes. He likes to work in the dark. Verse 15, And when the servant of the man of God, the servant of the man of God, arose early and went out, there was a, an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. The great host of the Syrians in military array and formation and gear. And the servant, his servant said to Elisha, Alas, my master, what shall we do? This young prophet was a successor to Gehazi. He was a young prophet now in Elisha's employ and service. And when he saw the horses and chariots, when he saw the natural army of the Syrians, he cried out, what can we do? What should we do? A young believer, a young preacher, fear-filled. Fear-filled. Is it possible that a Christian can be fear-filled? Is it possible that a Christian can be even more fearful than an unbeliever? And the answer is yes. And the reason is because an unbeliever can shore himself up by natural means and even carnal means. But a believer has no trust in those things and knows he must fight the good fight of faith and prevail by spiritual weapons of war. A believer truly has had his self-confidence, his self-assurance, his self-sufficiency shattered and is cast solely upon the presence of God and the promises of God. Alas, my master, what shall we do? How shall we do? We're surrounded. This young prophet wanted to slip out of town. He wanted to run. He wanted to hide somewhere. 
The Bible says, And Elisha prayed, verse 17, And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Open his eyes that he may see. There is a realm we cannot see. There is a realm we cannot see into without prayer. We will always see the natural. We'll always see the horses and chariots of the natural world. We'll see ourselves surrounded. Without prayer, we cannot see properly. We cannot see as the Holy Ghost would want us to see. Elisha prayed. Elisha prayed. Let's get some prayer on our fears. Let's get some prayer on our struggles. Let's get some prayer on our circumstances. Let's get our, some prayer on our problems. And have our eyes opened. Have our eyes opened. Alas, my master, what shall we do? Elisha said, let's pray. Let's pray. And Elisha prayed. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. Now this, this young man was a frightened Christian. A fearful believer. A wave of despair and fear and hopelessness came against him. And what? Faith fell out of his spirit. He was right there on the natural realm of life. Even though he had the spirit of God. And he had the word of God at his disposal and availability. Is there anyone here this morning that's afflicted by fear? Apprehension, anxiety. Fear is a frightening thing. And we all know it. All of us fight fears on some level. And in some situation, some time. All of us fight fears. Is there anyone here afraid of dying? This young man was. Fears, anxieties, death, no way out, perplexity. We're surrounded. We're going to be overwhelmed. The end has come. What shall we do? Anyone afraid of dying? This young prophet was. Elisha? No. He was so secure in the will of God for his life, he was so surrendered in obedience in his relationship to God that he knew nothing could take him out before his time. Hallelujah. He knew nothing could take him out before his time. The Bible says, 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. God has not given us the spirit of fear. There is a spirit of fear. It's one of the seven wicked spirits Jesus talked about that roam the earth and oppress the people. The spirit of fear. God has not, God has not given us the spirit of fear. My brother, who's a part of this congregation, texted me a couple of weeks ago these words. He said, people have 
have ceased for, from fearing God. Now they fear everything, including a rather dismal virus. People have gone from fearing God, and now they fear everything, including a rather dismal virus. I texted back, true. That is what happens when people lose the fear of God. They fear everything else. For they are now on their own and better shore themselves up in every way they can, for that is all they have. The Bible says, perfect love casts out fear. Now let's go to 1 John chapter 4 and verse 17. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, whoever confesses, Jesus, I receive you, I declare, I confess you as my Savior, as my God, my Lord. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the agape, the divine love that God has for us. God is love, agape. And he who abides in agape abides in God, and God in him. Agape has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. The day of judgment, when we stand before Christ. There's a judgment day coming. The Bible says, love has been perfected among us so that we may have boldness. The love of God has come into our hearts, shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit to such a degree that we can have boldness in the day of judgment, knowing our sins have been forgiven, knowing that Jesus Christ has paid the sin guilt of our life and the sin debt of our life, that we can stand before the Lord one day without fear without fear, in confidence because of the work of Christ. Then it says, because as he is, so are we in this world. Because as he is, not as he was. It's not referring back to his earthly ministry, his walk among mankind. As he is, because as he is, so are we, but we're still in this world. As he is, so are we. We are in Christ. We are justified. We are sanctified. We are kept by the power of God. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He's watching over us night and day. His hand is upon us. His will is upon our life. He said, I will lead you and guide you even to the day of death. I will always be with you. Now, as he is, so are we in this world. We're justified. We're sanctified. We've been set into a heavenly position and dignity. We've been glorified. Then he says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. There is no fear in love. In this divine agape of God, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment and we know it does 
anxiety and struggle, emotional tension. Fear involves torment. But he who fears, let's say amen to the word of God, he who fears has not been made perfect in love. He who fears has not been made perfect in love. When we fear, when fear fills our hearts, why don't we just to admit to ourselves, I'm not being perfected right now in the love of God. <laughs> the love of God is not perfected in me right now. I think I'm on my own. I see horses and chariots. I see the city surrounded. I see death coming. Torment. Because the love of God isn't perfected in us. Jesus Christ wants to give us peace in all situations. We fight the good fight of faith, but our eyes are opened. What did Elisha say to the servant? Fear not. Fear not. Because those, they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Worship team, come. Psalm 56, verse 3 says, What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. What time I am afraid. When fears come, when doubts come, when anxieties come, quote the word of God. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Lord, let your love be perfected in me right now. I know you'll take care of me. I know you're watching over me. I know you understand everything. You understand my uprising and my down sitting, you understand you're acquainted with all my ways. And Lord, what I'm facing right now, let your love be perfected in my heart so I can trust in you and know that together we can walk through this circumstance. We can walk through trial. We can walk through, though an army be encamped about us. Let your love be perfected in my heart. Fear not, Elisha said. They that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes. Open his eyes. Open his spiritual eyes. Open his eyes to see. Nobody else could see the horses and chariots of fire. You needed some spiritual vision. Lord, open his eyes. And he saw into the spiritual realm. And he saw that the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. How many want some protection on your life? The horses and chariots of fire were round Elisha. Let's get some protection on our life. Let's get some Elisha anointing on our life. Let's get the word of the Lord into our hearts. Let's commit like Elisha to serve the Lord and walk with the Lord more thoroughly, more fervently, more faithfully, more fully, more finely. Let's pray without ceasing. Let's take time to be holy. Let's gain an audience with God. And let our eyes be open so that we can see what other people cannot see. Fear not, horses and chariots of fire are all around us, around the people of God, and may we serve the Lord with pure and holy heart. Let's stand together today.
Let's call on the name of the Lord. Any fears this morning? Surrender them. Surrender them to the love of God. You know, the opposite of fear might be faith, but the antidote to fear is love. The antidote to fear is love, where you settle yourself in the love of God, knowing he knows all about you, he will care for you, he will guide you, he will lead you, he will help you in every situation that you face. That's the love of our God. God is love. God is love. Divine love, that agape. Let's receive it into our spirit this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and the Lord is warning you. Beware that you do not pass that place. You already know there's a temptation in the path you frequent. Take warning from the Lord this morning. Look at the ruin. Look at the destruction that can come upon your life the heaviness that can touch your family. Say, Lord, not going by that place. Lord, not making that contact again with that person. I see the trap this morning. Let our eyes be open. Let the Holy Spirit communicate to us this morning. Let's call on the help of the Lord. He's here for all of us. He's here for every person to help us in the particular situation that we're in right now to lift us up. Let's lift our hands and surrender this morning.